This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q4.2, Schooling, the phase of an LDP during which formal leadership training is provided. As a senior in high school, I had a very special calendar. On this calendar, I had the days until graduation counted. I could not wait to get out. Over the decades, though, my attitude has changed about schooling, and I understand the importance of the institution. But I also embrace the sentiments of Mark Twain, who said, I have never let schooling interfere with my education. Dredd's first point, the principles of leadership are both universal and timeless. Schooling is the first phase of the LDP. It is where a man is provided with the head knowledge he will need to be a virtuous leader. This head knowledge is universal in the sense that it applies to every kind of group, regardless of its structure or the composition of its membership. It is also timeless because it is premised upon a set of principles that have not changed over the many centuries of human history. What was true for Moses as he traversed the Sinai at the head of the Israelites is true for you today at work or in the driver's seat of your minivan full of shorties. Schooling provides the common denominator all leaders need to be effective by imparting the timeless principles that leaders need for the varying conditions which they will face. For example, lead by example is a universal leadership principle that applies as much to the guy placed in charge of a church picnic as it does to a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. A leader will lose credibility with the lady who volunteered to bring the potato salad just as quickly as he will lose with his board of directors if he does not lead by example. It is simply a must-do when it comes to leadership, a precept that is both universal and timeless. Second, leadership is counterintuitive. One reason that schooling is so critical to a man's leadership foundation is that so much of what a virtuous leader must be and do is counterintuitive. For example, it is our nature to seek full control over all our efforts and to garner praise while avoiding blame for the results they produce. But the virtuous leader must learn to completely invert this formula. Because he is a man who influences movement to advantage, his impact and the change he effectuates will largely be through the actions of others that he has inspired and guided. The more men he influences, the more movement he initiates, and ultimately, the more effective his leadership is. While the results of a virtuous leader's influence will usually be advantageous to the group, there will be times that they are not, at least in the short run. Not every venture is a success. But what is always true is that the particular outcome obtained, whether advantageous or not, will be greatly dependent upon the actions taken by the group members in response to the leader's influence, much of which is outside his direct control. Finally, schooling never ends. Although it occurs during the first phase of the LDP, Schooling never really ends in the life of a high-impact man who seeks to lead right through the practice of virtuous leadership. Practice is the practical application of a skill to turn head knowledge into heart knowledge. 
Earlier, I used the example of my career as a lawyer to illustrate this process. Law school taught me what I needed to know to be an attorney, but it has been the practicing of law that has taught me how to do what an attorney does. Without practice, what I learned in law school would have been useless or, at best, theoretical. I would have been incomplete. Yet, the inverse is true as well, in that I would not be much of a lawyer if I had never learned the law in school, didactically. At best, I would be like a man who had learned the piano by ear and could play a few songs, but could neither read nor write music. Not really a musician in the full sense. Likewise, without law school, my highest level would have been a talented mimic, a simulacrum of a lawyer, rather than the real thing. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion of a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet talking about schooling. And there it is. Tell you what, once you spin out that, uh, spin out that opening, man. You want to do that now? Yeah, why don't you do that now? Okay. And, and we're, we're back. back. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. All right, that takes us to the substance portion of this podcast. Oh, so substantive. That's right. Uh, so this cue point is schooling, which yes. is the Q4.2 on our idiotic number system. If, if you happen to be following along, and we hope which we hope you are. Hope you are. It's, uh, we're still in the fourth quadrant, obviously yes. fourth and last quadrant. Schooling statement is the phase of an LDP during which formal leadership training is provided, LDP being leadership development process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is uh, the first of four phases. Yes. This is the learning phase. It is the learning phase. So I'm going to give you three, Franklin. Yes. Three thought-provoking Socratics. Ooh. Socratic one, to provoke your darkest of all helmet thoughts. <laughs> Should the theory of leadership change over time and place? Mm, good question. Should it? My thoughts are provoked. All right. Second thought-provoker, can a natural-born leader, go ahead and look in the mirror, be effective uh, without formal training? See what you did there. And third when does a leader know that he has learned enough? <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> spoiler alert. That's, spoiler a, alert. that's a trick. That's a trial trick. Okay. Now, let's take up the first spur. First spur is the principles of leadership are both universal yes. and timeless. And by that, we mean they apply to everyone. Right? Yes. Doesn't matter where you are. And timeless doesn't matter when you are. Omaha, Nebraska, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Shanghai Province, China. Yeah. Same. 10 years ago, 100 years from now. Right. Uh, And that's right. There's timeless as well. From the time the first caveman noticed that the river kept on rising every time it did, they lost some cave babies, said, let's move uphill. (laughs) And here's how we're going to do it. Right? That's right. He had to... Ugg say walk here. Yeah. He had to visualize an advantage, right? Which is moving on the hill. He Mm -hmm. had to articulate... <laughs> or however, <laughs> he had to persuade first movement initiation yeah. first movement. Right. He had to exhort, he had to exhort his his cave followers to to get through the obstacles because climbing uphill is always tough, right? Well, and there weren't no streets or paths back then. That's right. So that this 
process of these universal timeless uh, principles gets taught is done through four phases. First one being schooling, what we're talking about now, mm-hmm. right? Second one being apprenticeship, right, which will be next week. And following that is going to be opportunity and finally failure. And these four just keep repeating itself time over and over again. And they always have in and every... always will. And always will in every group that is prosperous. Yes. Now, they may look different in different groups. Sure. But they'll all have some element of these four in them because if they don't, you're missing something important. So schooling, for instance, is what takes head knowledge and puts it in your brain box, right? Yes. You know, so that gives you that knowledge in your head. You accept it if you learn it intellectually, mm-hmm. although you can't really use it. That comes from apprenticeship. So an apprenticeship is when you take that head yeah, knowledge and it starts to slide down. Trickle it heart, on down. Right? Yep. In your hands. Now, having the ability to do something is different than being able to actually do it, and that comes through opportunity yes that's your opportunity to lead and finally you ain't really gonna learn what works <laughs> until you go ahead and fail right yeah success could be blind luck and you that's can't right. and you can't as we said last week scale luck it is not possible not scalable all right so that's the phases and that's why schooling is so important because this is where you get that head knowledge that you will need to be a virtuous leader and we'll just crank back to the last um the last quadrant to talk just for a second about what that means Mm -hmm. there are four aspects to being an effective leader right yes visualize right articulate persuade exhort exhort. makes you effective you could still be adolf hitler you could that's right now to be virtuous you also have to have the leadership virtues right right which makes sense candor Mm -hmm. right commit commitment contentment consistency and courage and that's what makes you a virtuous leader. If you are not effective, you can't be a virtuous leader. Right. Right. Even if you're the most candid guy on earth. Right. And if you have all the virtues, you may not be an effective leader. That's which means that's actually what also, I just said. I thought you said you may have. So you, you, so you may be an effective leader. You know, if you if you got if you're oh, not dang it, if you're, I messed it up. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. If you're not, because it's confusing. So I'm glad you did that. In yeah. fact, he did that on purpose. If you sure. To be effective, you can be effective and not virtuous. That's what I was trying to get to. But you can't be virtuous and not effective. In other words, if you you, have to have both things, you got to have both things. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get. That's right. Yeah, Uh, and we tend to promote the virtuous without considering their effectiveness, and then are disappointed when they're not. Right, and it doesn't turn out. Yeah, in our parlance, you can have the virtues and or be effective but in order to be what we would call a virtuous leader you must have both okay that's yeah. an even better way that's what it. i was trying to get better to. way to do it yep. now getting back to schooling there's a wide continuum of how you can receive this formal leadership construct instruction you can read for instance at one end leadership yep. for dummies which i know you have yes all the time uh you could also spend four <laughs> years at west point <laughs> which i would think would be an incredibly effective leadership development that's program. right uh and there's a lot of things you could do in between but what yes. you would find is the principles are the same yeah. They're not telling you anything leadership for dummies. They're not telling you West Point. It's probably just a little bit better at West Point. Yeah, I would think it would be packaged a little bit differently, and you probably get a, a few other uh, uh, side benefits of, That's right. of learning there. That's right. Now, yeah. these leadership principles, capital L, capital P, are the precepts yes. right, of virtuous leadership that are both timeless and universal. So when we're talking about leadership principles in F3, you know, we're talking about the things that caveman did. And we're talking about right. the same darn things that George Patton did. Well, it's just like you say all the time. There's no, I mean, and we, we alluded to it there, you know, there's no revolutionary leadership. That's right. right. That's Only right. evolutionary. Right. Now, these leadership 
principles are what a leader uses to build his leadership foundation. Okay, that's his integration of thought and action. Mm -hmm. Thinking it's one thing, making it happen under periods of stress and limited visibility, that's totally different. different. Um, And there's going to be many leadership challenges. One of them is this idea of how you treat everyone the same. Mm -hmm. That's what a a leader might say. But when he says that, for example, what he really means is he treats everyone fairly. Yes. Because if you treat everyone the same, you're not going to be very virtuous. No. Because what, what works with one man won't work with another. But what you won't do is treat them unfairly by not applying the leadership principles equally, yes. just in a different manner. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, it's critical for you and I to understand, Franklin, mm-hmm. and to, to sell this idea to the rest of the nation that no man develops his own leadership foundation. No man. And you may sit down and re- lead leadership for dummies sure. by yourself in your own millennial uh, you... flexi space. <laughs> But you read it, and somebody else wrote, wrote it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's got to be the product of a leadership development process. Yeah, uh, and that's critical. That's why we say the principles of leadership. But but Red, can't I through uh, failure or whatever? Can't I develop my own uh, thoughts and feelings about leadership based on my own experiences? You can, uh, but I fear they would not be truthful. True, capital T would not be truth. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, you can trial and error your way to anything, but without mm. the foundation, yeah, right, to be able to turn back to. You know, the way to look at this process is you're taught something, mm-hmm. and you may take it, you may believe it intellectually to some sure. degree. You put it into practice through apprenticeship with another person, and you get to see it and feel it a little bit, but it ain't the same as being responsible for right. it, right? No, you kind of practice the idea. Yeah, right. In a controlled environment yeah. or something, maybe. But. And we may have said this before, but I'll run the risk of boring <coughs> people with it again. When you're sitting in a pilot seat and you're learning how to fly and, a cop- and your trainer is sitting next to you and you're taking off and you're landing, he may not even be touching the yoke. Sure. That's apprenticeship. He sees that you got it down. He says, pull over the plane. He hops out and says, now do it yourself. That's opportunity. Right. And That's a whole different deal. It feels a lot different, yeah. man. It was, we were at, uh, at Grow Ruck in, in um, Georgia. And it was really cool. I was I taught the leadership development process principle uh, that morning, and there was a dude in there who did uh, surgery, like cancer surgery, I think it was. Uh, but he used um, th- and they did like laser stuff, you know, and and that's all very fancy or whatever. But they they had, his whole deal was uh, the apprenticeship and the opportunity, the difference between. You apprenticed and you practiced a whole bunch on these, you know, on dummies, basically, right? Cadavers? No, no. I think it was just like fake, like, like, like a simulation. Oh, okay, it wasn't okay, even. It was right. almost like a, a virtual a, person. Yeah, like a virtual thing, yeah. right? And you did a whole bunch before you ever, you know. And you kind of go, but then, and I asked him. I said, so the first time you're in there with a human being, a little, little different, or yeah, right. yeah, yeah, of Same, course, yeah, yeah a course. whole lot different, right? Yeah, yeah a whole lot. It different. matters now. That's right. So anybody who's ever learned a skill, and leadership is a skill, like anything else. That requires practice knows the difference between flying with the co-pilot there right. and flying without him. Yeah. I mean, big difference. Very, very yeah. different. You know, and uh, if without that, you can't fully develop. No, you always have in the back of the mind wondering if you're not a coward. You've just never been tested. Mm, not the song. Not the song. All right, because <laughs> we use that one already. Right? All right. So uh, the second spur, Franklin, mm-hmm. yes, is leadership is counterintuitive. Meaning Which it's it is. not what you think it is, right? Right. Not, it's not what you think it is. Uh, anybody who's never really been a leader is <clears throat> going to 
build up certain things in our mind that are not so. I was talking to a guy today um, who said to me uh, on, a lead, on, on leadership, we were actually talking a little, doing a little after action review of uh, our last grow run because mm-hmm. he wanted me to give him some feedback. And he said, you know, I'd always thought that before F3 that leadership was just about guys forcing other people to do what they did not want to do. <laughs> that's the intuitive. I was going to say, that sounds about right that's for the, the culture. Right, that's the intuitive yeah. vision. In it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I said, yeah, I did too. And then I learned that, that leadership is about eating last. You yeah. know, it's, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that, that, this spur is in reaction to that, this Socratic idea is that can a natural born leader be effective without formal training? So here's the problem with that. How do you learn counterintuitive things? You can't, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, right. there's I mean, no way to right. What, right, you're, if, what you're naturally born with is your intuition, mm-hmm. and leadership is counter that. Because your your intuition says eat first, get mine, of course, all that kind of stuff, right? Of course, it and does. so you can be in charge, maybe, right? You could be given a position, or you could learn the adaptive behaviors that make you on the top of the pile. But that ain't leading, right? That's governance. Yeah, that ain't leading. That's governance, yeah. and you know, people who rise to uh, high offices of governance, whether it's their politics or they're in the corporate world, who never learn these timeless principles. They, they don't have a leadership foundation, right? Right, nobody taught them. No, nobody taught them. They had effect as they went along mm-hmm. uh, because maybe one thing or another, you take Hitler as a great example. It's like nobody taught that guy anything, but he just was had a lot of leadership talent, right? Insane leadership, right. talent, but zero virtue. Horrible, yeah. Right, you're ultimately going to fail, and you're going to fail exactly where he failed, which was under periods of high stress and limited visibility. Right? Yeah. Ain't anybody around him? You know, shield lock. Anybody around? Well, you know, Mm-mm. Hitler's such a wacky example because he's such a uh, nutball. But, sure, but but point paints a picture. Put you know yeah. you know put anybody in that who seems to have who's effective but lacks you know lacks those uh, leadership virtues. Ultimately, yeah. he's not going to be fully effective anyway because people are going to see through them right you know those character flaws are going to bring them down yeah. so i'll give you an example of, of a counterintuitive thing we use all the time because it's just it's just f3 101 is, is past praise take the blame there is nothing intuitive about that no you're, that is yeah totally backwards if you're a born leader mm-hmm. you're going to think that you should get all the praise in the world and if somebody fails you you're going to think they should take all the blame yeah well but then because that's how you reinforce the fact that you're a leader yeah, that's right. right. Look at me. Yeah, I did a good job here. Sure. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? You know, why aren't the angels singing my name? Right. And then you messed up, subordinate. Why? Why aren't you now being beaten with steel rods? Why? Right. You know. Do you know what this right. is going to do? Like you're going to make me look bad here. I'm, I'm as a leader, be a virtuous leader. I'm supposed to. I succeeded. I'm supposed to say you did it. <laughs> right. Wait, wait a second. No, no, no. Or no, you no, failed, no. and I'm supposed to and say. I'm supposed to say it was my, it was fault? my fault. No, 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 no. Right. No, no. Right. No, yeah. it doesn't work. Right. And the only way you'd ever understand that is to have somebody write it on the, on the whiteboard. Right. And you read it and he explains it and you memorize it. And then you need to go and be apprenticed in it and see a master leader doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And who gives you a chance to do it. And then you need to have an opportunity to do it under high stress and limited visibility and fail. Yeah. And feel the bite of it. Not and, working, and you will never fail again. And that's uh, that's the thing, right? So we say, could you come up with it on your? Own? I mean, clearly, if you drew a line far enough back, right? Somebody came up with this stuff, right? Someone yeah, somewhere right. way back when. But you, you yourself, can't fail enough on your own. No, nope. this is the product of hundreds and thousands. Well, thousands of years, whatever it is, hundreds of years. However, you know, however you look at that, right? Of failure, right? You can't. There's not enough time in the world, and not enough opportunity for you to fail enough right. to learn this on your that's own. That's right. Just not possible. That's right. 
it, 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 it just didn't. You yep. know, I, I uh, was prepping a witness, my own witness for deposition, upcoming deposition. And I explained to him the principles of being deposed and mm-hmm. how you how you do it. And we got to the end. He's a super charismatic guy, very intelligent, um, and very confident that he could execute all these things I told him to do. One of which was uh, to limit his answer to the question. So I said, you know, mm. if I say, what time is it? Uh, what's the answer? I say, do you know what time it is? His answer is yes. Yeah, it doesn't say what time it is. It doesn't say. It just says. It's, you know, it's 2 o'clock on my, you know, on my Apple Watch, which my mother-in-law gave me last Christmas. I've always been interested in time. I think the Sumerians invented it. <laughs> you know, you don't do that, right. right? So he's like, yeah, I understand that. Shortest answer, of course. That's what we're going to do it. So I said, okay, we're going to practice now. I don't think it's necessary, but fine. I said, okay. So I said, now I'm the other lawyer. And then I smoked him. Of course. And about six questions in, I got him to go on a narrative. Right. And he talked and he talked and he talked and, I t- and he talked. And suddenly he wound down and stopped talking and looked at me and said, and I said, now you get it. <laughs> right? Right. 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 Because yeah. it's one thing to right. learn it. Sure. And it's another thing to put a little stress on it. Well, that's it. As soon as you involve an emotion. That's right. right. And all I had to do was speed up the questions a little bit and poke his pride just a little bit and uh, right. point out and then some, a little bit of inconsistency. And then he decided to prove to me how smart he was. Comes unraveled real quick. Comes unraveled real quick. And that's what's going to yeah. happen. And it's practice. Yeah, just like anything else, and you practice it long enough, and you'll get good at it. Uh, if you keep practicing it, and you accept the fact failure is part of it, right? But if you can't accept that failure is part of it, if you're going to take failure as a loss, that's going to go back to your own schooling. Now, what I was taught, I was taught the same thing that we do in Grow Ruck now, because mm-hmm. I was taught leadership in the army, and we would, I would do something, be put under stress, fail, and then have an AAR, right? And yeah. here's the three things you did well. How did I well. screw this up? How did I screw this up? And yep. then so that is how I'm going to fix it in the future. It's the same model we use now, and mm-hmm. it works, right? Now, if you've been raised in corporate America or something like that, and that's never happened to you, right? think what you missed. Right. Think you, what you missed. You have learned very little. You are probably, well, you might have learned a lot, but you might not have learned how to use it, right? You well, got I mean, head tr- knowledge, right? That's what I'm saying. True, true learning. That's right. That's what I mean, right? And all the, you know... 360 evals or whatever they call them in corporate America in the world are not going to help you as much as one guy putting you in an opportunity, slapping some stress on you, letting you fail, and then have you self-assess that failure. Mm-hmm. That's how you get better. That's how you learn the skill. But it all traces back to what we're talking about now, which is schooling. Yeah, That's got to be part of a leadership development process. All right, let's go to the third spur. Yes. Third spur is schooling never ends. What? Yes, it never ends. It what? Never ends. It never ends. You're kidding me. So, as we said, in I our, knew it was a trick. Socratic, it was when does a when does a leader know that he has learned enough? Yeah. Answer, of course, is is never, man. Because right. once you think you have, then you're done being a leader. You, uh, you're done doing a lot of things. Done a lot of things. You know, it's, uh, I, I think I've said this before, but uh, you know, I I operated very much under the myth of that there was some sort of arrival point. Uh, in my life that I would become good at a thing and that I would eventually be like, oh, yeah, I get it now. And then I don't have to think about it again. I don't have to learn it again. I don't have to worry about it again. And I remember you looking me in the face and going, it's with that, with a smile and going, you're going to have to disavow yourself with that notion. (laughs) Because uh, it is a practice. Leadership is a practice. Like the practice practice of law, right? You know, uh, three years of law school and I've been practicing for 25 years or whatever. But I I mean, that that idiot joke, you know, when, when, you know, when, when you going to, when you stop practicing, you know, when you're going to get it right. right. Well, yeah. right. When does a lawyer stop practicing? Never. So, yeah. but it's true. You know, yeah. it's true. Cause you never, you never going to stop. You know, you have to keep learning. And then it, the, the cool thing about this whole process is you learn something schooling wise, right. you go, you apprentice it, you go out and you put it into practice, you fail, 
that creates a thirst for more learning. How can I get better? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, a feedback loop. Yeah. Right? And you keep going. Yeah. Uh, and that's what practice does, right? Practice continues to give you uh, the ability to have more head knowledge turn into hand knowledge. And to get more head knowledge, you got to keep learning. So yeah. school, schooling never learns. Ends. You should be continuing to learn all the time. Um, it this it it's so great because it stokes that great desire in you. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Take uh, agony, my pastor. That guy's always reading more books about Christianity. I'm like, man, you've been through seminary, been preaching for 15 years. When's it going to stop? Right. <laughs> right. When's it going to stop? Never. Right. right? Never. He's practicing yeah. uh, being a pastor. Right. Yeah. Now look. Franklin, I'll admit it, though. At 25, I thought I had learned all there was to know about leadership. I really had. Isn't I mean, that funny? I, I did. Yeah. Now, 30 years later, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot, but I can also see that I got a lot more to go. You know, I got a lot, a, a long road ahead of me, and there's got, I've got more to learn. And I think that's the case uh, most of the time, right? As soon as you think you get a little further down the road and you think to yourself, okay, as soon as I get to here, all you do, all you've really done is you've gotten to the top of a, a hill and you go, and now you can see the bigger valley and you can see other hills in the distance. You go, doggone it. I'm not nearly as high as I thought I was. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you got to get these principles down because, yeah. Franklin, let me tell you this. What's that? If you're out on the road, man, you got to have a code that you can live by. Mm. Can I tell you something? You can. You got a giant face for radio. It's <laughs> <laughs> a giant podcast. It's a giant podcast. It is. <laughs> you who are on the road. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself, because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front. The one you know by, don't you ever ask them why, if they told you you would cry, so just look at them and sigh.